And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. For those who are just listening, I am going to post this as a video as well um, because Sheila is looking like literally galactic fire explosion, hot (laughs) bombshell. I can't stand it. You walked in my house. This is very exciting for me because, you know, I just started recording in um, my home, um, which I think is a really special place, right? I'm, I'm kind of a homebody myself. Um, I love going out and being seen and like doing that whole spiel, but the home truly is the center of my, my life, especially here. Um, and this office, like you were just saying, when you walked in, you were like, my crown chakra is like feeling unbalanced almost because it's such a strong energy in here. And I'm so happy that you feel that because I've been feeling this way for the past, I don't know, year and a half that we've been going through COVID um, and recording in here. And every time I record in this space, there's nothing special about it. There's no sound, you know, walls. (laughs) There's like none of that fun stuff that's going on. But but it feels it, it feels magical every time I'm in here. So when you came in and you said that truly, I, I thank you because I wanted to make sure that this is a magical place where everyone can walk in here, feel nothing but trust and love and, and just a warm, a warm hug. And I hope that, that others can feel that through the video. No. And it, I feel that way. I, I honestly think that you, and that's something I've been talking about all through COVID is like, I feel like the universe was trying to teach us that you can create the environment. Like right. no matter what you're in, you decide, you create it, you yep. co-create it. Like outside this room is still magic. Your whole house feels just like oh. so lovey and home. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to have a slumber party <laughs> yes, with her. Like I want to get yes, in my PJs yes. and I just want to watch a Disney movie, of course. Of course. Like, <laughs> just like maybe sing along because that's that's the dream. That's I, have a whole, I have a whole thing that came in when I walked into your house. But as soon as we walked into this area, I was like, oh, we're on. Right. Like, we're on. Let's create magic. Like let's go do something. And you did yeah. that. You took this room oh. that is like, an ordinary room, right? Like very ordinary with our dining like a, room table. No, but it looks magical. Let's Thank not you. let's not sell it down when you have these wonderful zebra chairs and yeah, like I just everything to is go custom. wild. Yes, but that's if your primal energy is yes. your most magical energy. Oh, and I love that my primal energy is my most magical energy. Is that something you tell people a lot? Yeah. Do <gasps> <gasps> oh, <laughs> I'm like I go like to that. basics, go to your primal instincts, go to your like what do you naturally feel inclined for is where you right. have the most momentum. Like the reason why right. we're tired is because we don't want to fucking do it. Oh, excuse yeah. me. We don't oh, do it. oh well, honey, I swear all day okay. long on this show. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. I am literally swearing 24 hours a day. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, why not fucking do it? Yeah. Just do what you want to do and see, ma- see how much happier you are, right? Like look at children. Like children... When they have their eyes set on something, no matter what it is, they're full force. No one's stopping them. But if you tell them to do something that they don't want to do, it's like drag, pulling teeth the whole time. And we don't change that much from what that is. I was about to say, everything that you are describing is literally what I am still like. I am kicking and screaming (laughs) if someone tells me to do something. But when I'm on a mission... I am on a mission and I want to make sure that like I get things done. Yeah, I it, it's interesting and and you have such a, a specific wonderful energy to you that's that's literally like um 
like a shooting star. That's how I would. Yeah, no, I, I felt that since I heard you, you know, speak. We've met on an audio app. I never say the name because they don't pay me. So I'm like, yeah. no, 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 you're not getting that. <laughs> but we met on an audio app. We did. Um, and I could just feel that energy through your voice, like hearing you. And it was so funny because whenever I would host rooms or I'd be a part of other yeah. people's rooms, um, I'd usually be in my bath because that's what I do. Um, it's what my other safe space, my yeah. comfortable moment. Uh, a little naughty too. It's fun. <laughs> um, always naughty to be on an audio app with a thousand people and let them know that you're in the bath naked with bubbles around mm. you. And my husband would be like, well, Alison, I think enough is enough. Yeah. Like they get it. Like they get it. Okay. You're, you're telling it. They get it. <laughs> that's that primal energy. It's that you were primal <laughs> energy. Exactly. It was that primal energy. But I remember hearing your voice voice and it was even before I knew anything about your story yeah. and I just felt this connection to you I felt a connection to you I felt a connection to Derek Jameson there were a few people um that I just felt so drawn to on on this audio app yeah. um and then I got so lucky we have an, another mutual friend Britt Bronson yeah. and you spoke at um one of her meetings for out of my mind for space movement um, and that was so incredible hearing your story and you brought me to tears. And I knew even before hearing that, that, you know, that whole spiel of, of, of shield, shield <laughs> um, I knew that I would fall in love and I wanted to have you on the show, but I had no idea how much you would resonate and affect every single person and the thing with space movement right it's a peer-to-peer -peer support group yeah. you go on there you can choose to keep your video on you can choose to take it off yeah. um however you feel comfortable but those who had the video on i chose to watch them when you were speaking because to see it, it's like the cheesy movie i forgot what it is it's like 27 dresses or something and she says oh i love watching uh the groom when the bride walks down the aisle i like watching the people that you shouldn't really be watching yeah. and it's not because i'm not paying attention because i love seeing how much human beings can truly transform someone's life and you see it in in their eyes you see it, it just in their body movement yeah. just the way they relax their shoulders and you can see it in their aura and just all of that and so when I when I saw that I was like she'll needs to immediately <laughs> come to Los Angeles um and do emotional support because you have so much to share um and so much to do. And, and I just, I, I, I just want to hear from the beginning, did you always have this primal energy <laughs> as a child? I had primal energy. I definitely was a very passionate uh -huh. and outspoken, expressive and boisterous. I've never used yeah. that word, but it felt right in this oh moment. Oh my God. I love that you're using new words here. I'm taking it. <laughs> I felt fresh saying it. I was like, I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. So, uh, I don't say anything correctly, okay. so it's okay. I'm always but like, it ESL sounds guys. like it was right. I'm like, English definitely is my second language. <laughs> so I'm going to blame it on that. Boisterous sounded very, very, very uh, sexy too. Coming. Thank like, you. It's a primal. boisterous. <laughs> primal. <laughs> 
I just want to also say, I felt the same way about you. And that's oh. the primal instinct. Like, right. it's like, hey, there's something about this person. I'm locked in. There's a light. There's an energy. There's this intensity. And right. like going back to being when I was a kid, I think I instinctively followed, not followed, but was drawn to huh. certain people where I just knew. And, uh-huh. and I think that... When you're that young in the world we've co-created, right? Right. Because no one's to blame and everyone's to blame is right. where I say, like how we are today, mm-hmm. is that we're not supposed to be this outgoing. We're not supposed to be this loving right off the bat. Right. We're not, we're supposed to have some like barrier and I just wasn't the girl. Mm. And so I think when I was younger, I thought I was weird. Mm. And so I tried so desperately to put it in a cage. Right. To put myself down, to suffocate myself. And I quite literally, I feel like suffocated myself trying to fit a mold. And like, I want like, and then I wondered why I was depressed so young, right? Like, was I depressed or was my spirit like, fuck this shit. Yeah. This is who I'm going to be. I refuse because I have more work to do in this world. Mm -hmm. And it requires me to be the perfection that I am naturally and you're not allowing it. So I'm going to throw an inner tantrum. So it's literally impossible for you to want to move forward until you're yourself. When were you able to identify that you were feeling, in quote, out of quote, depressed? I want to say 10. Wow. Like 10 years old. So you old. really knew. I, it was, I was suicidal. Like, and now I look back and I was like, how did I know that? Huh. I was 10. You know, I work with kids now and I'm like... Oh how do you know what that means? How yeah. do I, I, I know it's so, it's so bizarre. Like I didn't even know what the concept of what suicide, the definition was, yeah. but then when I think about it and I really go back, I may not have been able to identify what the specifics of suicide definition is. Right. But I knew that there were points of being so frustrated at, of not wanting to be on this earth anymore, but not making that that connection that oh that's what what suicide ideation is you know and I think maybe now as look I don't work with children so I'm not one to speak but this is just my assumption from from having so I have a huge family so we have lots of little baby cousins that are running around of different you know from college all the way down to very 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 infant young and I think that maybe Right now in the society, in the world that we're in, there doesn't seem to be any filters. It seems to be easier. Our generation, you know, you didn't just read about it in, in you know, I don't know, Teen Bop magazine. You know, Teen I mean, Bop. remember Teen yeah, Bop? Like, you know, now it just seems so accessible and so easy and such a normal conversation, which is in a way great if we're getting the help. Yeah. But if it's not being communicated and it's just something that's in your head. So anyways, that's my long spiel of, of that, but it's, 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 it is tough, you know, because now we can look back things that we're both in this mental health space and we're in this spiritual world and understanding our minds and, and wanting to learn every single day about what we were like. Yeah. Trauma has affected us so much and to see it. And I mean, fuck, you've been through so much as well. And so I, I just, it's so sad to hear that, you know, you went through this at such a young age and not knowing. And, and really it's because you weren't, you know, listening to your primal instinct. And, it really is And that. it was being shunned. For, I think so. And I think, I think I was gifted back then. And mm. I didn't know what that was. Because like, you know, we, and you know what? Everyone's gifted. Let me preface that to every right. single human is gifted. Right. Along the way, we start to inhibit ourselves. We mm-hmm. start to pretend to be a part of the norm 
we're like, it's normal to be unique, right? Yeah. Like that's normal to right. all be the same is abnormal. Like yeah. that's factory made. Yeah. Yeah. And like when we, why are we pushing this dynamic that is literally unhealthy, you yeah. know, and like not natural and not human. And we're supposed to be beautifully human. And when we're beautifully human, we're beautifully magical. Right. And I think that when I was younger, that separation of people just didn't exist to me. So I was feeling mm. everyone's sadness. I was feeling adult sad and I was naturally loving. And I think love is the foundational activation of the connection between all humanity and all of the universe and all of everything. And so when you're a naturally loving yeah. person, you're literally healing. Yeah. And obliterating the barriers between you and another. Wow. And so when you're this open force, that channel mm -hmm. is going back and forth. And when I'm younger, I'm understanding very mature emotions because I'm connecting to more mature people. So would you be considered an empath? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm an empath. Um, you know, I, I don't even know how to label myself because it's like, right. oh, like we're all constantly evolving. <laughs> You're like, 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 well, <laughs> well, here's some that I fit, I fit into, but like, yeah, I'm a medical intuitive. So I literally feel what people are going through. And now that I've harnessed it, I channel their like remedy as well. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be like, this is where it is. This is what it's going to be. I'm, I get, have clear sentience. So I feel things about people, but I also like hear things about people and I'm mm. constantly talking to angels and aliens. And, and when you were a little girl, it was like that. It was always like that, but I used to call them nightmares <gasps> because what do you call? You know, I called one, there was like an ugly Abraham Lincoln. I didn't know what else to call him. Wow. And like, he was in my, he used to be in my windows. He used to be in my closets to this day. I clo closed closets because I saw him all the time no. and he was always floating. And like, I called him a nightmare and I was wide awake. Right. And I, it's so cool the way the spiritual journey happens because I want to say when I had my awakening and I was aware, it was like 2012, 2013, my phone does this cool thing where it'll auto-correct to words. And it auto-corrected to like verbresque or something. I don't know, something. And I look it up and it's a painting and it's in Judaism, like a very old Judaism painting. Oh my God. The ugly <laughs> Abraham Lincoln no! floating in the <gasps> air. No. And it's about a beggar and it connects to the chakras. And the whole thing of it is God sends this spirit to those who are about to go through turmoil to awaken their spiritual gifts. And the message is that no matter how tortured and how much of a beggar you are, no matter how much the world has taken away, you will always be lifted by your spiritual strength, which is why he was always floating. I have chills. I know. <laughs> oh my God. And that's why he was always floating. And he was always floating. And it was before the turmoil hit and I never saw him again after, but he was trying to show me activate your spiritual strength. Cause no matter how much the world is going to take away from you right now, it's activating your spiritual gifts. And so, Oh my God, I'm going to start crying right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so wild. Isn't that crazy? Like, so how old were you when he, when he went away? 10 or 11. And then when did you go through this turmoil? 10 or 11. It was like that exact wow. moment that the actual tragedy started hitting. And so I would see clouds and I would, and I actually didn't remember this. It was actually really cool. I went to go stay with my aunt in Austin. So my cousin had died. I went through like a lot of stuff earlier this year and I went to stay with my aunt for a month in Houston. I stayed with her when I was younger. Uh, she's like a younger aunt. I love her so much. You know, she's more, 
she, she like went to college. Yeah, like she, she went to college here. So it's like a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, right. my parents are from India. I was born in India. And so it's a different, it's not, you're, it's not as easy to talk to them sometimes, right. but she's more modernized. Mm-hmm. And so she's like a sister. And so I went over and she's like, Sheila, it's so funny that you're doing all this spiritual work now. Cause I remember when you were little, I guess eight or nine, she's like, you came up to me and we call her Krishna mommy. Mommy is so my mom's brother is mama and his wife is mommy. So she's okay. my Krishna mommy. And she's like, you came up to me just like a little kid going, Krishna mommy, you know, I talked to angels. They talked to me and I talked to spirits. I didn't remember this at all. And she's like, I remember then thinking she just needs to talk to someone. And I said, oh, that's nice, Sheil. And I didn't think anything of it. And here I am, you know, 30, 34 now. Same age. Yeah. yeah. And talking to angels for a living. And it was oh this gosh. thing that I did that I didn't know that I did because I blocked it out because everyone told me it was crazy. So you don't remember any of it. I don't remember the angels. I do remember the darker you stuff. You do remember the darker stuff. Like, wow. Uh-huh. You know, it's so interesting. This I, I won't get really yeah. deep into this because I want to get into other stuff. Yeah. But but one thing that happened to me when um, I was about 15 years old, I don't even know if I've told the story on the podcast before, but long story short, I had woken up and um, I was living on the second floor. My family was on the third floor and no one could hear me. And I woke up and there was a man at the end of my bed and he was about seven feet tall and he had a wide brimmed hat and he had no face and a big long trench coat. And he stood at the end of the bed and was looking down at me. And the, my bed was a sleigh bed. Um, it, it, it basically, you know, looked like a sleigh, but yeah. it was soft. So mm-hmm. no matter what, there was nothing hard there. You know, it, it was like squishy fabric. Yeah. Um, and I remember that I was watching him and he had leaned over the bed, put his p- both hands that were so huge and so long on the bed. And he started crawling towards me very in slow-mo. And I was screaming and screaming on the top of my lungs. And I was awake. I was totally awake. And I kicked up and he disappeared. And I didn't hit the bed, the sleigh bed, nothing. I was screaming. I was calling my parents. My parents were still together at the time. Um, And I had to call my parents to have them come downstairs because it was dead silence. They didn't hear anything. And my mom hears literally like a pin drop from the first floor. I mean, she can hear anything. So it was as if someone was muffling, you know, the noises. Um, And I woke up the next morning with the bottom of my foot completely black and blue. Yeah. And there was no point. I didn't hit anything like, you know, but I hit this entity, this being. And I had watched a bunch of documentaries as I was older now, like in the past couple of years. And they say that whoever this this man is usually will come to you before something bad happens or before trauma or it's your own event. And it's interesting because it was now looking back at it, it was um, right when my symptoms of bipolar disorder started popping up. It was before um, I, you know, actually probably like a year before I, I, you know, had a a, a suicide attempt, um, you know, a lot of things. And it it was almost like this, like warning, this cast and Mm -hmm. very similar to, to, to what yours was. Um, 
it, it was just so strange. It's this like weird omen alien type being, you know, um, not a ghost. That's what's what's He's strange. Right, yeah. And, you know, we even had a, a, a guy who came, this famous guy, Kenny Kingston. He was famous. He was Marilyn Monroe's best friend. And he was a spirit, her spiritual guide and everything. And he came and he was like doing all these blessings to the house because all this crazy shit was happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and I used to see things as a little kid. Yeah. So my mom just assumed, oh, it's Alessandra. And our, our our property was actually a, a burial ground. Um, yeah, an American Indian <laughs> burial ground that was, yeah, it was just, it was so wild. There were all these things that would happen, but I never forgot him and I still see him and I remember the feeling and it was this weird this darkness that that I hadn't ever experienced before. So when you said this Lincoln yeah. thing, I just am like, I kind of get it. Yeah, like you saw it. Yeah. And he scared the shit out of me. And not because he was so big or he was like a ghost type. Like I've seen a lot of ghosts and none of that scares me. It was almost like an internal darkness and sadness because I knew something was happening, you know, and yeah. I just couldn't explain what it was. That's, isn't it beautiful in a way though, right? Like it's scary, but it's like the universe got you. Like there's nothing out of order. Like, so we consider it like this trauma happened. I could have avoided it. Cause that's what people do, right? How do I avoid it? How do I, uh, how would I have, but some of it is so a part of your journey because it's a part of your magic. And it's like, you're going to go through this. Right. And we're going to prepare you, but we're with you. And they send you this person as a warning. Not so you could, you know, manipulate the variables right but because you're prepared and you know that there's a part of the path right and like it's so funny because i was talking about these black-hatted people too like right. there's obviously the ugly abraham lincoln <laughs> and there's this group of men that like when well, like i think they're in like another dimension like whatever it is is it's the energy that you have to connect with mm. because you need to understand the depths of sadness to be able to disperse mm-hmm. the immense amount of light that you have a man in right. you. And it's that parallel because everything works in equal experience. I love that you have um, black and white couches because it re- represents yin yang energy to me oh. and the polarity and how it's always in balance. Like you can't have the light without the dark. Yeah. And the dark isn't bad. It just is. It, it just highlights is. one and one highlights the other. Listen, it made me who I am right yeah. now. So I can't complain about it. You know, yeah. did you find that, you know, obviously you didn't know about the Abraham Lincoln thing when no. you were 10 years old, <laughs> no. you know, um, but while you were going through the turmoil and the trauma, yeah. do you ever recall like remembering okay I have to stay positive I have to to get through this path you know what I can remember is distinctly telling my psychiatrist really I hear voices but they're not telling me to do anything they're just laughing all the time Mm. (laughs) like I didn't know what it was and I remember having this like who is that guy that always narrates movies is it Samuel L. Jackson who's that guy who's that god voice Oh, uh, Morgan Freeman. That's it. Yes. That's it. I'm like, who is this? That's that Samuel, like Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I felt like it was that voice always <gasps> following me around. Like, oh my hey, Sheol, like this is happening and like this is going on. It was like always this detachment. And I, like I said, feel everything. I am a passionate and I refuse to call myself intense. I am a very no. feeling human, wonderful being. Fuck yes. And like, I'm in it. I'm yeah. in it. I'm fucking experiencing it the way that I was destined to. Right. Right. But it's a lot, right? It's right. a lot. I, I was sad. I was feeling the sadness. I was feeling the disappointment. I was feeling the anger. I was feeling the abandonment. 
I was feeling all of it. And all at the same time, I had someone walking with me, Mm. not someone, multiple people. Right. And here I thought, because you know, I was late. So now I know I'm I have ADHD with PTSD that sometimes showcases itself as bipolar. So I'm, I'm not bipolar, but I was misdiagnosed with bipolar. Wow. For majority of my life. Wow. And so I was on medication that put me more in a spin. Woo, and girl. so it was hard. It was, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And like, it's funny now that I'm an Ayurvedic therapist and a yoga therapist because all my parents were doing were like sending me to India to go to these natural healing places and I would go and be like fuck you mom <laughs> oh my gosh so they so how old were you when your family started taking you to places like that 13 really 14, if I listen and then what, <laughs> yeah I mean well I mean coulda woulda shoulda right yeah. but what was it that made them want you to go there like what because for me like my mom she had me in hypnotherapy she had me in different types of therapies she had me in movement and all this kinds yeah. of stuff because I had been going through you know I couldn't cross thresholds I couldn't go from one side of the door to the other because yeah. I was such a severe perfectionist um And so like this started when I was like nine years old and these were all different signs of bipolar disorder. They were rearing their ugly little heads and, uh, but, but she didn't know what else to do, but do as many outlets and, and find different modalities, which was so ahead of her time, you know? So when I think of you and I'm like, wow, we're the same age. That's so ahead of your parents' time. What was their trigger for them where they're like, oh, Sheil needs to go away for a moment? Yeah. um, One, I think they're earth angels. I think we choose our parents and our parents like knew. They knew because that's what their destiny was. That being said, on the basic level, um, well, I'm Indian. And so it's a big part of it. It was actually on the opposite side of the way that it was, it was kind of toxic because it wasn't addressing the mental health because they were like, you're fine, you're fine, just go to yoga. You're fine, you're fine, Uh, just go meditate. You're fine. And like, in that moment, I wanted the diagnosis to feel normal, Mm. right? Because it's like, I'm not the same as everyone else. I know I'm feeling bad. I need to know there's a reason for it, right? Right. Because there is a relief in the diagnostic, right? There's this like, okay, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I have something. Certainly not. That's unique. It's unique. Mm-hmm. I'm, I refuse to call it something that it's not. It's unique. This is how I function. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason behind it. And mm-hmm. that's what I needed from them. You know, and so when I was suicidal and, you know, I had a lot of, um, I used to harm myself. I had a lot of self-harming behaviors. I had an eating disorder. I was doing everything and anything to just feel, you know, alive. And God, like, I love that you just fucking said that because yes it's not about numbing it's about wanting to feel alive yeah i don't think that i i i won't say i don't think i i i know a lot of people that i have conversations with who are not in the mental health field who do not have mental health issues who do not want to experience emotions (laughs) and that's fine that's on them like you go um but they don't understand it's not the i don't want to feel anymore it's i want to feel something i want to you know yes i want to feel i want to ground myself i want my outside to match my inside i want to feel connected because i feel so desperately floaty and oh, not in a good way. Yeah. Now I feel wonderfully floaty, yeah. but I was terribly floaty right, then right. where it's like, I, is this a dream? Is it a nightmare? Am I existing is I got off on the wrong bus stop on this earth. Yeah, yeah. I don't belong here. Like 
I Take want, me back, Vela, alien. I know. I don't yeah. want to. I know you see me. Yeah, you're here. I know it. Come on. Take me. You oh dropped my gosh. me off by accident. I made a mistake. I might have chosen it, but I was overzealous. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yes, I'm yes. done. Recall. Yes, Let's go. Recall. Let's recall. go over again. Like, I don't want to do it. Let's rewind. I know you can do it. But it was it was this thing. And so I'm so proud of my parents and how they were able to like go through those motions with me. But like, you know, there was another Indian doctor. And Indians have this like bonded bonding, which is wonderful, right? right? The community. But I had an Indian doctor at this psych hospital that I was at. And they were like, she doesn't belong here. And he's like, okay. And the doctor took me out. Why? And that's because that's what they do. They're like, you know, she's Indian. We got her. And <gasps> like, oh, so, but like one of the psych hospitals I was at was really traumatizing, you know, like and right. they need to do better. They need to stop making it look like a jail. We're children. Thank you. And like, they need to make it look like a healing facility. Like, why are we in trouble for right. feeling pain? Right. Like, and this is all the hospital facilities, you know, like my, I remember my roommate tried to kill her parents and was like still in this state of neuroticism, which is fine. She needs healing too, but would keep me up all night and would bully me if I went to sleep. Mm. And so it was really traumatic for me, you know? And like, <laughs> I couldn't figure people You're were like, having uh, once again, aliens. I know. Where are you? <laughs> and so that place I was happy to leave. I was like, oh, yeah. I gotta, I, I don't know what but I'm it, doing. But it is true. Like, and it's, and I don't think people understand that either. This isn't, you know, all fun and games. Like this is where you go to get healed. This isn't, you know, Malibu and they're taking you to the beach and you're having your yeah. healing process. You know, I, I, I haven't had to be in a hospital for a long period of time yeah. like that, you know, but I've certainly sure shit seen it and yeah. I've seen people and I know, friends and experience and family where it is like a jail, it's, right? Uh, and you only have an hour to go outside and enjoy yourself and exercise and have a smoke break. And you're like a smoke break, like get me out of here. Like help me out. Like let's do exercise outside. Let's, exactly. let's, let's, you know, go and garden and do something just to get your mind busy and active, which is scientifically proven I to know. help your mental state. Like we have as like SAD, right? Seasonal depression. So yep. it's proven getting vitamin D and going outside helps your cognitive state. But yep. yes, let's keep you inside in very poor lit rooms. Yep. Fluorescent yep. lighting. And I was 12, like 12 or 13. Right. And then Which I- Which is so scary. It was terrifying. And I was like, didn't know what to do. And like, thank God I got out of it. But then like, obviously, because they put you in this area where it's like jail and it's a little scary, then you're like, oh- I'm, I'm not good for society, right? Because now you've paired in. I'm bad. I'm bad, right? You've now put it in right. your mind that you're bad. And then I got into an eating disorder rehab, thank God, mm -hmm. because this is where we are as a society. I don't even think it's changed. When I was exuding those behaviors, instead of putting me in an eating disorder rehab, they put me in a drug rehab. I didn't take oh drugs. God, you were a baby. I was like 14 and like... It was terrifying. There's yeah. people tripping acid because they took so much that we would be in the middle of the group. And I remember this guy being like, the walls are falling <gasps> down and shut up. And no. like, I'm like, what in the, I, I don't like, this isn't healing, but I did. I am so thankful for that experience because yeah. I'm a lover, like I said. So yeah. I really got to know intimately what it was like to be addicted to drugs wow. and what it was like for them. And like being, and that also molded into who I am today. Right. And we built like such a powerful bond and they were really there for me because the people that were the counselors yeah. 
were terrible. And so I did this thing where I would put too much food on my plate because I learned mm. I was I'm a smart little cookie. Yeah, and I, so I, like, don't fuck with Shiobuta. I put okay. it all on my plate and I, right now. Exactly, <laughs> you know who it is. And so like I would throw it out at the end, and it was like I felt really good about it. Yeah. And they're like, she'll pretends to have it. They said this in groups. She'll <gasps> pretends to have an eating disorder, but if you watch her doing lunch, she puts a lot on her plate. But so like, how does she have an eating disorder? Which first of all, even if I ate it all, that's still an eating disorder. Like learn your stuff. You're going to put me in here. And all the guys in there, because it was predominantly male in there. And he, mm-hmm. they would be like, are you fucking kidding me? They're like, have you actually watched her eat? Like you should be either doing the job that we do because they would coerce me to eat. They mm. would like distract me and help me. And right. It was a beautiful, It was, I was meant to meet them. But then I get into eating disorder rehab and I get taken out of eating disorder rehab. And that was kind of where I needed to be. And there was yeah. one eating disorder rehab I went in that was half the day. Uh-huh. And it was so great to go to that. But like a part of the problem is that when you get diagnosed, you get better with your diagnosis Mm -hmm. with people that are still in their behaviorisms. And so as much as I felt normal with them, I felt a little too normal. Yeah. And it was validated. Oh my God, you guys all have a lot of problems. And and it was like, (laughs) okay, I can do this. Yeah. And and that's a false narrative too. And it's like, you just, I, I hope, and I hope it's my goal one day. And I'm so glad to be a part of space movement with Brit. Yeah. And hopefully create programs eventually, right. That is facilities for people to go to. Why do you have to kill your, why do you have to attempt suicide? Why do you have to have a deep drug addiction? Why do you have to be at the worst of your eating disorder to get help? why can't we have a facility that you can check yourself into because it's hard for you to get to school every day it's hard for you to wake up from bed it's hard for you to do things just like you would for a broken ankle you go to physical therapy don't you I mean truly I I I can't say enough how much I agree with this because I just look at what my mother went through and my mother could not understand why her daughter who was you know, winning national jazz and tap champions and all this crazy stuff. Dance was my life. And I literally could not walk from one side of the dance studio to the other side of the dance studio. And I would throw a temper tantrum and I'd cry and I'd I'd hurt myself and I'd throw myself against the wall because I couldn't imagine going over there because I couldn't be perfect. Yeah. Would I be better than the day before? If I wasn't, then I, I, I would, you know, hurt, hurt myself emotionally. I would hit myself against the wall. You know, I would do these things and my mom didn't have anyone to help. And it's not like I was over there trying to harm myself and put myself into a rehab facility, right? At nine years old, 10 years old. Yeah. No, I, no, actually I am so sorry. I was five years old. I was five years old when this happened to me. Yeah. Why? You know, what What was she to do? And like, if there was a place where there were doctors and that didn't make it seem like she was crazy. And I, I remember how incredible this, this hypnotherapist was. Mm. I can remember the smells in there. It smelled like Play-Doh. I remember there was a big um, totem pole when you yeah. first walked in that they had. I, I remember these things because it was such a magical experience. Yeah. And it's like, these are places that should be for check-in, right? These are, these are things that should be accessible and not look to as woo-woo and not look to as, oh my God, you have a problem and you're judged yeah. and all this stuff. And it was the one place, you know, my, I, I I get so emotional every time I think about it because my dance friends were the only ones that never judged me in my entire life. Oh, I love that. And never. 
and from any age. And I went through a lot of shit, you know, and they never even thought twice. And these were young children. And so, mm -hmm. you know, that's why I'm such a firm believer as well as community, finding a passion. And yeah. when you find a passion with someone, um, stay connected with those people because they, they, he, he, it's so unique and it's so special, you know. So what you're doing with yeah. children, I think, is so unique and special. I love Yeah, no, I'm so proud of your mom to take you to those places because yeah. you know even with kids like what do we do when we see kids that are doing that you're like oh my god they're such a brat like oh my god they're this and it's they're like bad kids but yeah. like okay what is that kid going through because yeah. i can't feel fun to feel no that. this is an extreme emotion so how do i help you through that like why can we not hardwire people to think that way right. and like that's my number one goal and so with kids it's so much fun. Like, you know, I have kids that I worked with that had tantrums like that. And I'm like, that's okay. Do you feel angry? Where do you feel it? And being able to be peaceful, but also letting them have the emotion. Right. Because I think that's the number one problem in this entire fucking world is like, how do we temper it? Well, why don't we allow it? Why don't we what allow happens it? when you allow it? They're not hurting anyone or themselves. Like let's, I had a, I had um, a trampoline, like a mini trampoline in the room for my foster kids. How the fuck are we going to tell them not to feel when they literally are going through a hell that we can't even comprehend? Mm. And so I would have a trampoline in the corner of the room. I'm like, okay, go jump on the trampoline, go jump and get it out of your system. Do what you need to do. And it was like a thing. And they would come back and they'd scream in my face. I'm like, are you done? Like, yeah. no, I'm like, okay, Miss Sheel's still here. You can come back to circle time when you're done. This is still here for you, yeah. but get it out. And they would go jump and then they'd go to the bathroom and they'd scream and scream and they'd cry. And it's like, when you're done, let Miss Sheel know I'm going to come and I'll give you a hug and we'll wipe your yeah. face. And so when I started doing that, instead of making them sit in circle time, because that's yeah. what we're trained to do, right? right. Make them sit in circle time, make them sit and do this. No, it's okay, babe. You're feeling something. This is still going to be here. You're not going to miss out on anything. Feel what you feel. And when I started, instead of like, because I, oh my God, I was like literally was going to die one day. It's like, because like these kids would throw the tantrums. I'm trying to have control. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, wait a minute. And it took a second for me to be like, am I valuing external peace over right. this kid's internal peace? Right. No. Yeah. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. I can keep the harmony while validating this kid's emotions by giving him what he needs he or she whatever they need yeah and so when I started doing it it was this beautiful thing where these kids would have less and less tantrums where these kids were able to just cry yeah. instead of scream instead of bite instead of kick yeah and when I kept doing that and I kept allowing that these kids that could never express how they felt would be like Miss Sheila I'm feeling hurt today and I'm like oh that's okay do you have a boo-boo in your heart and they're like yeah, yeah. and we would do breathing <sighs> And we would do these deep breathings. And so I would teach them fire breath. And I said, how does this? And I would make everyone do it with me. What's fire breath? So it's like, <laughs> uh -huh. and that's really good to actually. So that breath um, clears out the energy of every single chakra. It is the skull really? cleansing breath. So it clears out any debris from this lifetime, last lifetime, and in every particle of your aura. So I find it really interesting when you're having a temper tantrum, you're naturally doing this breath. Yes. And so that's the breath that we do in the morning. I do it every morning. I go through each of my chakras and I do the, <laughs> but that's what kids are doing with their tantrums. So their body is literally self-regulating. It's wow. literally self-healing. What a trip. Right? And that's what I'm we're I'm sorry. Doing. I'm like distracted because yeah. I'm just thinking about like, I I had a, a little mini, a mini tantrum as an yeah. adult. Uh, Get it girl. 
yesterday and I just was feeling so overwhelmed and I was hysterically crying and I was (gasps) that hyperventilating crying and I threw the remote across the room and and I couldn't pinpoint even why right or even where the emotion was coming from and so when you're saying oh my god it's the fire breath and that that movement of that energy I mean I'm gonna start crying like I have chills because I literally felt I, I I and when I do hyperventilate with my crying I feel better faster. Yep. And I had no idea why. It's breath work. Wow. It's breath work. It's a natural breath work. The body knows what it needs to do. Our mind needs to step out of the fucking way. And that's what it's about. Like, and so when they're doing that, they're releasing and they're releasing, they're releasing. And what's naturally underneath all that is that beautiful spark of joy. Right. That's your life essence is a beautiful spark of joy. Sometimes it's cloudy in front of it. So we got to get those clouds out of the way. We got to get that. It's fucking thunderstorm. We got to wait it out. You can't stop the thunderstorm. The thunderstorm has its purpose. The volcano eruption Mm -hmm. creates the most fertile ground. Like look at Hawaii. It literally... Volcano eruptions literally call, create portal energy. Well, I have volcano yeah. eruptions in my stomach yeah. every fucking day. So yes. these portals better just be shooting out of every orifice of and my body. A portal. Look at this portal you created in this room. It's true. It's true. It's true. Wow. I had no idea that any of this was all correlated and it just yeah. makes so much sense. But I, 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 I feel so strongly about feeling your feels yeah feel your feels i had a sweatshirt on earlier that said that because i'm a firm believer in that because you know if you're happy all the time right you don't appreciate being happy if you're sad and you have a fucked up day yeah when you have a great day the next day which you will yeah it may take a while but you will eventually get there it is orgasmic. It oh is God, yeah. out of control. And you just, you can feel the energy around you. You can feel the air. You can taste everything. Yeah. Like things just are so much better. So I just, wow. Okay. Well, that was yeah. just incredible and exactly what I needed to hear about my temper tantrum because now I feel better about being 34 years old and throwing a, a remote across the room for my own um, bipolar mania, but that's okay. Um, you know, I have a quick question. Yeah. And we don't have to get deep into this if you don't feel comfortable. So don't you know, I, worry. Open book. So, you know, I, I know this. I don't know if you speak openly about it. So let me know if you don't. But you were diagnosed with MS. Yes. Do you speak about this? Do we not speak about I this? I speak about it as much as possible. Okay. I would love to speak on this in the sense with your emotions. It's, it's interesting to me because MS, dementia, mental health, bipolar disorder, borderline, all of this, right? It's all here in the brain. It's all in the heart. It's all in the gut. It's all so interconnected. How old were you when you um, first started getting symptoms that you thought something may have been an issue? You know what? It was, I, I can actually pinpoint the exact day. Actually, it, I was coming back from India. I was 24 years old. I was on wow. the plane alone and I had taken Benadryl because, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to sleep. It's a long right, ass flight. Um, so, <laughs> oh, that's a long yeah. flight. <laughs> but my legs got really numb and I thought mm. it was the Benadryl. And I remember going to the bathroom, like rubbing my legs Getting in that, a panic. Circulation. Yeah. And it was like, 
it like felt like my legs didn't exist on my body. And it was the first time flying alone. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this? And I forgot about it. I thought it was the Benadryl. I was like, oh, maybe like, you know, the sleepiness of it. I'm allergic to Benadryl now. So whatever we don't. So we learned that. We learned that. But like at that point, I was like, what was that? And I blamed it on Benadryl and I forgot about it. Mm. And so then I remember I was going to doctors. I started getting sick in 2012, actually. And it wasn't a mess, but it was like, I had a cyst on my vocal cord. So I didn't have a voice for like six months. And like, I had to get surgery on that. And they gave me too much medication. And so my stomach organ like swole up and like, So like I couldn't eat. I lost too much weight. I got like chicken pox. I broke my ankle standing because I lost too much weight. I lost a lot of nutrition. And then I got chicken pox for like the fourth time, which is medically impossible. I'm not sure if they're like shingle chicken pox. Okay, let me tell you, I don't believe that because (laughs) I've had it twice. Yeah. chicken pox i've had don't you get and you also like they say uh, once you get the chicken pox then it's gone and it's gone for good no i literally had it when i was a baby and then i got it when i was about 22 years old and it was the most excruciating pain oh my God, yeah. and the doctors were like i'm sorry this is not shingles you literally have chicken pox i had yeah. it in between my toes i had it in between my fingers it was literally covering my body and it would just itch so oh much God. so medically impossible i call bullshit I because they told me that too they're like there is 0.01 percent of people that get chicken pox twice well guess what then i'm one of them like second like <laughs> and, and and literally i've had a lot of um uh, allergic reactions to medications and to certain things yeah. like that too so I'm not surprised. So, yeah. yay, welcome to the club. Oh, we're, we're, club. We're twinning all over the place. So you had it four times. Oh, my God. And it was in yeah. a three-month span that all this happened. And oh. then I was on bed rest because I lost too much weight. And then with, like, all the drugs that I had to take for my ankle and, like, pain medication. Right. I take for, like, because I broke my ankle and for the surgery. So my stomach was just Ugh. a mess. So I was on bed rest for months. Okay. And then we're in 2013 now. And that was when I, like, got degenerative spine disease. And so, like. And what's this, that? your discs start to lose that, like, I forget what it's called, but it's kind of the rubber in it. You know what okay. I mean? That keeps it lubber- lubricated. Right. That's not the scientific term, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Right. Like it's like right. in between right. your spinal cord. And so I had really bad L4, L5 problems, my whole spine hurt. And I had really bad sciatica. I think that was mm. the beginning of the MS though, because we were like, why won't it stop? I couldn't sit without a pillow. I was going to get neurosurgery and I'm like, I'm going to get neurosurgery. And that's what started my acupressure journey. Cause I met somebody that got, got acupressure and it was um, the year after that, that I got diagnosed with MS. But I remember going to doctors and I'm being like, something's different about me. Something's off. Mm. Like, I don't know what it is. I'm fatigued. And I was going through all the other things, right? Because right. that's why I mentioned all the other stuff. Right, right. As I was like, I had this, I had this, I had this. And I, I remember going to this one doctor that I thought would be amazing because he was a farm D mm. and a primary D. And so I thought- What's a farm D? A pharmaceutical doctor. Oh, oh, oh And oh, so dumb. he would also- No, it's not dumb. I just- in this world a lot. (laughs) And he also was a primary physician and Mm -hmm. all the guys in his practice were the same. So I thought this guy's going to be able to get me a cure. I need Dr. House. This is going to be Dr. House. And he's like, do you think you're just like bipolar or something? Like, do you (gasps) think like maybe like, he's like, you're saying to me, you're saying this to me with a smile and you're talking about a lot of like physical drama. And he's like, so maybe it's like bipolar or like, we can call it fibromyalgia if you want, like so dismissive. Or we can call it fibromyalgia if you want. And he's like, but you need to take bipolar medication for it. Mind you, I've had the history of being misdiagnosed with it. I go to therapy. I had started meditating. I was like, um, mister, I smile 
through my own self-work. Yeah. Because I realize if I let myself feel sad and stressed about how much my body is failing me, worse. it's going to be worse. Yeah. So I choose to smile. Listen, sir. Yeah, uh, mister. I think I threw down the mister at that moment. I was livid. Like, I will be so pleasant. But once you cross that line, like. Sheil is sassy. It's like the wrath of Sheil is all out. Like, you you will find out. Like, it was not. I couldn't take it. And he's like, well, that's what it is. And I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, no, something is wrong. And so I went through a lot of doctors. I knew, I knew instinctively like something's off with me. My gifts were growing. And so that was one part of it. But like I knew... And a part of like getting sick apparently was my spiritual awakening and the Kundalini awakening and all this other stuff. So it's like, I can't do it anymore. And like, I remember um, I got a really good doctor that I have now and I love him. And that's the only thing about moving to LA. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to have Dr. Caving. But he's like so good to me. He does back adjustments every time. I got the acupressure that really helped. And I like went to India in 2013 and that was when I met my first guru who taught me the pressure points for my back and she helped my back she helped I actually met my first acupressure and guru in Texas I have a I have a wonderful friend Alok that I met at my spiritual thing and he's like and that was when my I started learning the Bible through my dreams at this time because I had the vocal cord thing and I had all this so I was meditating yeah so it's all it's all jumbled together. You ask me one question, I'm going in another. I want to hear it all. Yes. <laughs> and so when I got sick, I couldn't talk. And you know, I'm talkative, little lady. Yes. And yep. so like I had to meditate. When I meditated, I was like, <gasps> I was never crazy because I was channeling the Bible, and I didn't know anything about the Bible. I grew up Hindu. Jesus's birthday is Christmas. There's a bunny on Easter. That's what I know. Right, 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 right. Like, and then I would wake up, and I'm like, who is Job? And I would Google it, and I'm like, who is Ezekiel? And I'd Google it, and it would be the dreams that I was having. And I was like, oh, I'm gifted. And like, I remember telling my one uncle who's wondering, I'm just so lucky. My one uncle, I went to his house and he's like, so how are you doing? So this is when I had my back stuff. So I had my pillow yeah. and whatever. And I was like, Jethan uncle, the voices I heard were real. I'm not <gasps> crazy at all. And he was like, okay. And he runs upstairs and he gets me this book, Emmanuel's book. And at this point I was journaling. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would write and I'd read it in the morning. And it would be these beautiful messages. Mm-hmm. And so he gives me this book, Emmanuel's book. I read it. It's literally verbatim what's in my journal that I would write in the middle of the night. No. And there were things that I couldn't finish that were what verbatim in the book. What do you mean? That's it was crazy. the coolest thing. And so this, <gasps> the Emmanuel's book is about this angel that talked to four people. And these people transcribe question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. And it was exactly what was in my journal. And so it validated what I was going through. And so now I'm like, okay, this is what it is. I'm not denying it. Yeah. Right. I stayed in California for three months um, with my aunt. She, she's been taking care of me so many times when I was depressed, when I was 13, when I was suicidal, she flew me out and I stayed with her. And then when I got sick, when I 2013 or 2012, weirdly 2012 into 13, I stayed with her for three months again when I was going through vocal cords thing and doing all this. And my uncle, my uncle had died when I was, wow, 13 is a big number and it's the 13th today. Wow. So when I was 13, I stayed with them and he died when I was 14. And so I stayed there 2012 to 2013 and I could feel him in the apartment. Mm. And I remember being like, this is weird. And I was like, maybe this is just grief. You know, he died a long time ago. And he used to do this amazing thing where he would squeeze the shit out of our hands, like where like our, and like, it was like his big bear hug, hand hug. 
And I was thinking about him and I was like, give me a sign that I'm actually talking to you. Cause this was the beginning. I didn't have, this is, it yeah. wasn't big online. It wasn't like big on podcasts. Like right. it wasn't a right. thing then, right? right? We've come a long way since 2013. We've come a very long way. And so I was like, what is it? And I look at my hand and there's this big red palm <gasps> on my hand. And I was like, Ramesh Kaka, you're with me. And like, I was like, you've You're always been me. with me. And like, I couldn't tell anyone because how are you supposed, you don't know how they're going right. to deal with grief. And so now I know I'm gifted, right? right? And so that was when my back stuff started, whatever. I met Alok then and I, he was like, Sheila, you're gifted. He's like, I need to help you. And so he flew me out to Texas and he knew someone that healed people out of her house for free. And at this point <gasps> we think I have a gift of prophecy. There's no other right, word for it. Right, I learned the right, Bible right. and went to church. Like, I don't know what to do, right? I'm right. just following the signs. Yeah. And she's like, you're a healer. Mm. And me and Alec were like, no, we're not. And then she's like, no, no, no. You came here for a reason. You're going to learn. And so I would sit in her clinic and sh I would like look at someone else getting healed. I'm like, oh, you have to push on this pressure point for this. I've never learned any of that. And she's like, why'd you say that? I was like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, because I, I over apologize. She's like, no, you're like spot on. That's exactly what that is. And so she did my pressure points and I started learning, like not even just from her, but being in her energy, there was this like chemical reaction of me knowing it. And then all his friends, I would have into, he intuitive advice for Alok has been such an integral part of my journey. Like he helped birth it. Like, right, because right. he gave me validation right. of what it, oh my God, my hands are like going <gasps> crazy with energy. Oh I like want to kind of touch you to show oh, you, like oh. feel how like crazy there's so much. Oh my gosh, Sheil. Do you feel that? Yes. <laughs> it's like really intense. I'm like trying to shake it out. Um, but yeah, so that started happening. And so I go to India. Oh my God, I feel like yeah, I'm right? buzzing. I, like, I need I'm to buzzing. tell her, I, like, I need to give this Ooh. to you. It's coming out. Or like Power Rangers yeah. or something. Totally. <laughs> Not really sure. I don't know. X-Men, we're X-Men. Yes, yes. Um, and so then I go to India. And this is right before I got diagnosed. This is why mm. we're going in a full circle. So I go to India and I had a sinus thing at this time. So I fixed my back thing, but I had a sinus thing. And so your sinuses are deeply connected to your third eye mm. and your heart chakra. So I have this autoimmune disease called um, AR, 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 ARD, where I'm allergic to NSAIDs, but it develops polyps in your nasal cavity. So I had no nasal cavity. This was my third time getting sinus surgery. And so we kept trying to open oh, it. No. We kept trying to open it, but this is really deeply connected to being honest with yourself, having the projections of other people and also being super intuitive, but not even able to filter. You're literally clogged with intuitive information and then your lungs wow. can't handle it. You're suffocating yourself. So it was all connected. My asthma was really bad. I like was on the nebulizer four times a day. And so anyway, I'm trying to fix my nose and I'm going to this acupressure person in Texas. She's like, Sheila, you can't get surgery. It's a connected to your gifts until you fix your gifts. Your nose is going to open up, but you've had it where your nose is closed. You can't sleep. It is literally the worst Pain fucking mouth. thing. I've broken my nose about four or five times. Are we like twins? Like, yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> and I've had to have two surgeries and, and I wish that it was to make my nose straight and pretty, but it's not it literally. Thank you. Um, but I did have two surgeries and it literally, I, 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 I think it was a, the septum was in four mm. knots on one side and it was, it's literally painful. It was the most painful experience. You're and what? I still like, I swear that's why my voice, well, my voice is always like this, but I, I still have a hard time breathing and yeah. We'll push your pressure points for it. Yeah. Now yeah. I've mastered that situation, yeah. but I got, oh my God, we're so connected. I, I can't know, even this believe this. So like, this is wild. Um, but yeah, so I had, and she's like, you're not, don't get the surgery. Don't get the surgery. It's not going to work. This is connected to your gifts. And I'm like livid. And I'm like, shut up. I haven't slept in months. Yeah. Like I'm getting the surgery. Yeah. So we're into, I get the surgery. 
It's open. I have a week recovery and it closes right back up <gasps> a week later. No. And he's like, I can't help you take steroids. I'm not fucking taking steroids. So now I go to India and I'm like, my back's better, but now my, I can't breathe. So I go to India and my uncle has an employee that goes to another woman who heals people out of her house for free. She got picked by someone who lived in the mountains and she, he bestowed the gifts on her and she heals people out of her house for free. She had like an Ayurvedic doctor at another, she had, she was a doctor, but she does it right. for free. Um, and he lived, she lived like across the street from us for where we stay in India. So I went over, she doesn't say anything the first day. I was like, I have this sinus thing and I'm not telling anybody about my gifts because yeah, we're yeah. still figuring it out. I go in the next day and she's like, mm, you see things, don't you? She's like, I've been waiting for you. And she's like, we've been waiting for you. You need to learn. And this is a part Holy of your gift. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, and so she had a woman that stayed with her. That was her niece. 10 years ago before me, her name was Nahal and she started getting intuitive while she was married and she would know when people were going to die or whatever else. And so that guy divorced her now in the village in India, it's like going back in time. And so when he divorced her, her family disowned her. Wow. And so my, my guru uh -huh. adopted her basically and took her into her house and helped her get accustomed to her gifts. She is this like world renowned astrologist and healer now in Dubai, her own family dis that disowned her literally bowed down to her feet and like get advice from her and they respect her and like whatever. But she, my guru was the limbo time. Mm. And she's like, another Nahal came to my house because Nahal was super normal and started channeling different languages and being able to like, she could literally embody the spirit of old saints. Then so she'd speak the language like Urdu and she doesn't even speak Urdu, but she could speak this Urdu for this healer that right. existed years ago. <gasps> and so once a month, she like literally gets him into her body like lets him possess her essentially. And she bestows gifts on people and like heals people and gives Holy them messages. Shit. And like, so like she was, so my guru was training me and was like, you need to stop asking questions. And so when I met Nahal, Nahal's like, when, you, when are you going to stop asking why you're yeah. gifted and you're chosen? Now, what can you do with it? Mm. Now it's time. Stop it own it up. And like, she helped me. And it was really funny because she got, she does astrology. So we were in her room getting astrology. She had a computer and the computer wouldn't turn on when I was in there. My dad came with me to like translate yeah. some stuff and the computer wouldn't turn on. There's three computers that come in the room. They won't turn on. And she's like, she'll get out. She had a room kind of like this. She's like, get out of the room. She'll, I get out of the room and, and the every three, <gasps> three of them turn on. And so she like, my, she tells my dad, she's like, your daughter is very gifted. Like your daughter's very gifted. This is what happens when she's really connected to spirit energy. This is what's causing a lot of her ailments, blah, blah, blah. And so my dad is on board. I have the most wonderful mom and dad in the fucking world. I was world. about to say, oh my God. They were on board right away where they were, she like, so apparently my gift is connected to children. Like a lot of children's last wishes will come through me. And so sometimes I get hungry and throw tantrums. Okay. So we were talking about this yesterday. I was talking to Derek no and Derek was like, you have to ask her about <laughs> the food that you get, that you like crave. You crave children's last meal. Yeah. So, and I did it. We just thought I was a brat. Like my mom was like, she'll, I'd rather go through labor myself than deal with you with your, when you're pregnant with the level of your cravings. And so, cause I would cry, like I'm an endless pit and I'm a pretty tiny person. You're a tiny person. Like, I will eat I'm everything. tiny and you're tinier than me. No, yeah, definitely not. But we're, <laughs> definitely not. we're tiny. Yeah, we're tiny. We're tiny. But like I would eat the whole kitchen and to the point that I cry. And so she tells my dad, cause it's like a joke with us. And the fact that I had an eating disorder is really wild with all this. Right. Like I would say, um, she was like, yeah, she'll has to fulfill kids last wishes and their last wish is always a meal. And so when they come to her, it's really important for her to eat that food, no matter what it is. So the kid can move forward. And I was like, that's what it is. And so when I was with Derek, 
all that I have been craving coconut cream pie. I don't even know why. I've just been craving it. So random. Couldn't get it. But when we go to this restaurant, I literally, so when kids or spirits come to me, it like literally puts a fog over my head where I feel like I'm in two places at once because I'm two people at once. And I was like, I need to get this coconut cream pie. Mind you, I was on a cleanse and I was like, no, I need it. And I'm going to eat this pie. I eat the pie and it comes off of me. And I was like, oh, his name is Jacob Edelman. I was like, he just needed a cake and he left and he's really thankful I could like see him and he moved on. And it was just wild oh to me. Oh my like, God. I'm like, oh, like how pleasant. This is all they want is food. You're like, this is it. <laughs> That's it. That's all they want. How innocent. And so like, so I met her and then I went to a yoga Ayurveda camp uh-huh. where I was getting my teacher training. Mind you, this is how wild it was that the universe wanted me to be a healer because I did not plan on it. So this woman, I'm staying with her for six months. I'm now treating other people without knowing what it is I'm doing. She would teach me some stuff. She would teach me how to take the pulse. She taught me a lot of stuff, but then there were people that would come in and she's like, tell me what they need. I'm like, I don't know. They don't even speak my language. Right. I would speak that language perfectly and what I would do you know mean? exactly what like, to do. I and I'm no like, idea any hey, of this. It's like a wild thing that I'm like re-remembering because it's just yeah. like, oh, this happened. And so anyway, I do that with her and I'm healing people. I'm getting healed. And then I go to this yoga camp. I was thought I was just learning yoga. And like, because my body was like kind of in shambles still, right. I pick yoga therapy because I thought it's not going to be as intense as a strong and hatha. Right. So I go and I find out that I'm becoming an Ayurvedic therapist through this. And so like I had, I learned a new healing thing. I had to learn Sanskrit. That was like a whole thing. And while I'm learning it, I'm remembering it. And so all this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, like the universe is not joking around with me. So I learn it. I stay in India for longer. I don't think I came back till May. This is important. I came back May 14th. And I'm like, I'm never going to get sick again. Like I learned Reiki Mm. during that trip. I'm like, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I'm an Ayurvedic therapist. I'm healing people out of people's houses for free. I'm magical. I'm brilliant. I get the worst MS flare of my life on May 21st, 2014. Like 10 days after. What does a flare look like? So the whole right side of my body went numb. Again, like the plane. And I remember thinking like, my energy's off. I just need to go lay down. Like I just need to do this. And then like... I was sitting with my mom at dinner and I remember my stomach felt weird and it felt like someone was touching my face and it felt wow. like I had headphones in my ear and I started like slapping my face. It was like, there's something, I can't do it. And I was like, let me go in the bathtub. Maybe I need to clear right. my energies, which is the worst thing you can do when you have an MS oh, flare really? because of the heat. Wow. So I get in the bathtub and I'm like, oh, I gotta go. I was like, something's really wrong. And so like, I went to the hospital. It's the first time I've ever stayed overnight at the hospital. Wow. And I stayed for like two weeks. And I had my first MS flare and the whole right side of my body went numb. I couldn't walk. I lost like, I had like tunnel vision. It was just like really bad. Like I was like really like, I felt like a rag doll. Right. And so I was there and like, I couldn't even comprehend that I wasn't walking because they gave me so much steroids through IV that like my body blew up like a balloon. And I lost like so much hair. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so fat and I lost my hair. And like, I had to get a spinal tap. Like I was just like out of it. And I remember being so angry. I was like, fuck you spirits. I was like, I have done everything right. I volunteered, I'm healing people that couldn't move and blah, blah, blah. And now you make me more sick than I've ever have. I was like, I quit, I quit. I got off social media. I was like, I'm not talking to you guys anymore. Like I'm not talking to you spirits anymore. I'm not doing anything. And it was so healthy. And it was Mm. healthy because I felt the emotions that I had been avoiding Mm. my whole entire life. And I think MS was such a gift because 
it balanced me. I couldn't avoid what I was feeling. I felt it all over. And the body was letting me have space to feel the shit I needed to feel, the depth of what I needed to feel. And it was hard, you know, I'm afraid of needles and I was getting, I had to get shots every day. And I had my first, I had my second MS flare like months after. And like, so I'm on these shots every day and I'm crying and they hurt. And like, it was torturous to be perfectly honest. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I gave up on life a little bit and like, I was mad and I, mean, I was just like a shell. Though, like, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a life-changing diagnosis yeah you know it's an it's an unknown diagnosis you know still like you know it's it's same with all mental health you know what i mean and and you know parkinson's and you know diabetes and all these things it's like we don't know we don't know you know and and the unknown is what's the scariest is what's next you know yeah but it's about what you do with it absolutely and And by you using your voice and sharing your story of look at all that you've done and yeah. that you are continuing to do, yeah. I think it's the most important because people don't understand that. You know, they think like, you know, at least for me, you know, when when I found out what was wrong with me, there was a sense of finally of a relief of, oh, wow, there is, I, I'm not making this up. There yeah. is something wrong. Yeah. Wow, maybe there is hope, you that- know, and I had that hope. Um because not knowing what's wrong with you is is the most frustrating thing in the entire world. It's frightening and it's 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 infuriating and it's like what is this? And like the thing is with both of these, right? Whether it be mental or physical, it's invisible. Mm-hmm. So now I'm even more mad because I can't understand it because I can't see it and people yeah. think you're lazy and like I remember like my sister sent me an article and was like she like these people ride bikes. Yeah. And I'm like but like, I'm not even walking. And yeah. so it made me feel worse. It's and like, frustrating. And it's so frustrating because it's a snowflake disease. And so everybody's so different and there's no one size fits all. And now I feel even lazier and more of a failure. And like, I didn't know how to comprehend it. When you break your arm, you can see the cast on your arm. And so you naturally give yourself rest. Yeah. When it's just fatigue, like I remember waking up and being exhausted. Like I remember my, my wonderful parents, like I would like look at my spoon and be so hungry and be too tired to chew. And like, it actually brings tears to my eyes. Like remembering that, like it was frustrating. And I just look at it and I'm like, I can't even chew and I'm so hungry. I don't know what to do. And you just like feel like this. And my mom would feed me. Oh, I should cut my food. (laughs) Oh my God, what an earth angel. Yeah, Yeah, my mom and dad and like whatever I was craving, they'd get me and like, I remember because like I like it's humiliating because your your body's not working. Right. So my mom had to like bathe me. Like I had to get undressed by her. And like, you know, like yeah. I'm like 26 now. Like that's embarrassing. But right. like it was like, she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And she'd sit with me. And like, it was so funny. We laugh about like my grandmom was alive at that time. And like she had a, she had a walker and she like gave me her walker. No, oh, sweet. <laughs> she was like, you take it. I don't need it. And oh, she would sweet. just like hubble around, but she gave me the walker and like, <laughs> Oh like, my gosh. And I was like, okay, I have this. And what would you say to those who are listening, who are not familiar with MS? Is there something that you would like in your message to share of something that we should all know about you know what ask people how they're feeling and what they need Mm. don't stop short at how are you ask what it is that you could do to support them 
And I think whether someone has MS or they're just a random stranger, that is a world of an opening for them. Because just in that, they get to think about what is it that I do need? And wow, someone is there to offer me support. And there's yeah. something very powerful in that that gives you the courage to move forward. Uh-huh. And I think that's what I needed a lot. Like I know that I got shamed a lot, you know, because I still like going out and I would be like at the bar. And like a lot of my friends were amazing where they'd make sure seats at the bar next to me. So like when I'm dancing, oh. I can sit and do my seat dancing. Oh and my like, gosh, how sweet. I know it was really special. Like those little things that people yeah. did that noticed because like I'm a really hyperactive person and I do feel really good now and my healing is working on the MS and I'm reversing a lot of my symptoms and I'm reversing a lot of the, and I'm doing great. I still take medicine. I am a for medicine. That's another thing. Don't be afraid of the medicine. Don't be afraid of all the therapies available. I do my own acupuncture. I do my own acupressure. I do my Reiki. I do my pranic healing. And I was allergic to the medicine. So when I first started my medicine, I was allergic to, I got anaphylactic shock from, (gasps) um, the first medicine, I was so happy because it felt like a dragon breathing fire yeah. under my skin. So I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And I got into septic shock. And so I stopped taking medicine. And then I started Plegarty. And that was a shot once once every two weeks. But I had a flu for a week. And then I had three days happy. Oh. And then I took the shot again. And I did that for six months. And I was like, I'd rather fucking be handicapped. Like, I'm not doing yeah. this. And I think the people that really helped me are the people that allowed me to not feel good. <gasps> because I think that we've been taught. They allow, you, allowed yeah. you to feel. Yeah. They feel allowed what you I to feel your feels. Not go get fresh. Not go. You know what? The human body naturally wants to move. So if I don't want to move, I don't need you to shame me for not moving. I need you to sit with me on the couch where I am and watch TV with me and not shit on me for it. I want you to keep inviting me out even if I'm going to say no. I want you, you know what I mean? Like I feel like those are really important things. But also check in and you know what? Teach me how to ask for help. Yell at me if I'm not asking for help. Right. Because I think MS was such a balancing act from the universe for me. Mm. Like Because I never asked for help. I never felt what I needed to feel. I never spoke my truth. I was a hyper people pleaser. I didn't believe in myself. And when I had the MS, and I have it, but I'm I'm healing it. We're going to say I'm healing it. You are healing it. And it's now every single step of the day, I do what I need to do. And I check in with myself. I do not sacrifice myself for anybody. I wake up in the morning. I do my healing. I do my read. I do my breathing. I drink my teas. I don't sacrifice me for Mm. the benefit of anyone else. And I really adorn me in the way that I always deserve to sickness or not like fucking love that. Yeah. God, Sheila, I mean, you are on another level. I feel like I could do this for 10 hours with you. I would love to. I don't want to stop. I, what I want to do is, well, before I ask yeah. you my final like, question, okay. I, I definitely think that you would be such an asset um, uh, for so many people out there that have so many questions about, you know, autoimmune diseases, about angels, about demons, about <laughs> aliens, about yeah. children, about feeling your feels. I think possibly we could, we'll have to do this live. I think that's what would yeah. be really fun. Maybe we'll do this that's as a live fun. show one time and yeah. we can have some Q and A and, and cause that is happening. We yeah. are going to do live shows about once uh, quarterly. I think I'm going to start doing them. Um, so I think we'll get you and a few other people and then people yeah. can come up and ask questions and, you know, really just get engaged. Cause there's so much to pick your, 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 your brain about. It's just <laughs> so, it's so large on such a small person. It's crazy. Um, but my, my final question that I ask everyone, Sheil, what is your emotional support? Everything and everyone. 
Yeah. Everything. Like the trees are my emotional support. You're my my emotional support. The stranger at Starbucks or wherever I go, if I smile at them and they smile back, that's my emotional support. Like I am my emotional support, but so is the universe. Like, and I think the more that I tap into allowing everything being my Mm -hmm. emotional support, the more healing every single step I take is. And so everything, the sunlight and like, having conversations that matter and allowing myself to say what I actually mean and not apologizing for it and being around people that are also doing that and leading by example, I think has been the single most transformative thing for me, especially in LA. Like I just got here August 24th and like being around you and Derek and Britt and Romy and all these people that can have the fluff conversation about nails and makeup and boys, but also talk about aliens and angels and (laughs) emotions and heart trauma, whatever it is, has been so rewarding and liberating and invigorating because it's like, look at us full spectrum humans doing the damn thing. Like, (laughs) like how did this happen? Look at us winning. <laughs> but I think this is amazing. And I'm so blessed that I got to meet you and I got to know you and I can call you a friend. Yes. Um, And I just, I can't wait. And how can everyone find you? I am on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. I'm redoing my website, but it's Sheel Buta, S-H-E-E-L, Buta, B as in boy, H-U-T-A on Instagram and when I, the website's up, but usually I'm really active on Instagram. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>